This is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. Well, hello there, and welcome. I was going to say good morning, James Collins, but people might be listening to this on Catch Up. Yes, on yes, River yes. Radio. So yes. to those listening to this at a different time, good afternoon, good evening. You have just tuned in to Off The Record with myself, Jordan Dean. And I'm James Collins. James Collins, how are you feeling right now in this moment? I feel wonderful. I feel extremely excited about this week's guest. As I, To be fair, I'm every week I'm pretty excited about each week's guest. However, I feel like yeah. that's the whole point of this show. We're only, we're <laughs> only, we're only going through us. We'd be in the wrong love. jobs if we weren't excited for exactly. today's guest. But exactly. To be fair, today's guest is no small deal. Mm, We're going to be covering an absolute legend. Mm -hmm. The artistry, the legacy of who else? None other than Sir Elton John. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm I'm so excited. There's a few hits we might have to play. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, this is the interesting thing is obviously he's probably one of the top songwriters of all time. Um, and you know he has such a broad discography of music it's amazing I'm, I'm so excited to explore it well what we've got kicking us off for today's show James Collins um, I what are we what are we kicking today's show off that's <laughs> <laughs> completely escaped my mind what are we doing with it I think it's one of I think it's my favourite Elton John song mm, that's mm. kind of why you know if I'm in this job I'm allowed to pick the number one song it is yes. the one the only Saturday night's alright Elton John <laughs> Oh 
Big anthem right there, James Collins. Saturday night's all right. Elton John here on River Radio. No small deal, as we said. Nothing. And I've got a bio to back that up, James come Collins. Come on, come on. You ready for this? Yes, sir. You better be, because Sir Elton Hercules John, mm. CBE. What a name. What a name. <laughs> what a name, indeed. What a name. Is an English singer, songwriter, pianist and composer collaborating with lyricist Bernie Taupin since 1967 on more than get this 30 albums crazy John has sold over 300 million records making him one of the best selling music artists of all time it's mad he has more than 50 top 40 top 40 hits in the UK singles charts and US Billboard Hot 100 including 8 number ones in the UK 9 in the US as well as 7 consecutive number one albums in the US mm, mm. of course you're going to remember his tribute single Candle in the Wind mm-hmm, 1997 mm-hmm. the year you were born James yes yes rewritten in dedication to Princess Diana sold over 33 million copies worldwide and is the best selling chart single of all time <laughs> so when I say it's crazy we're dealing with a legend over here mm, we're mm. dealing with a hero in the music world yeah we're not kidding are we not at all it's, it, it's an interesting one obviously uh rocket man came out uh what two years ago um and that film was obviously a massive success along alongside as we talked on the queen episode about bohemian rhapsody um i think because they were released at, at such similar times um yeah people, people, same year yeah people were really in like the mood for those types of films and i think it it, it paid a good um almost to to elton john his career and like for me personally like i know elton john's music i know his songs i know your song i know candle in the wind i know plenty of his ballads and i've watched lion king so many times that you know I, I'm, we I'm need so, to cover lion king today by that's the, the way. thing that's the thing I'm, I'm so accustomed to his music but it's that thing of like i because we didn't live through it it's very different it's difficult to kind of like conceptualize why Spot realistically on. yeah if you've got someone entering the industry now you know who's never heard of elton john before or something you know they'd have to go back and look at his whole career in order to yeah. understand that yeah. because of this continual success that he's had is what makes him relevant now do you know what i mean even though he's not necessarily at the forefront of the industry he's still almost like this industry godfather that just oversees everything because he's earned that title because of how successful everything's been industry godfather indeed and we're mm. going to be going through over the next two hours yes. all the way from the start to the end and so mm-hmm. if there is someone mm-hmm. who perhaps is like you know what i don't know a whole deal about elton I mean, my hope is that they will by the end of this. So what have we got up next, James Collins? So uh, we've got a track from, we're only going to play one track, but this is from Elton's first band. It's a band first called Bluesology. Um, yep. And it's basically a homage to, um, or it was a band sort of focusing on like the new blues era that was kind of sweeping through with rock and roll. And um, yeah, this is a track called Comeback Baby.
gotta say, mm. the sound difference from Saturday Night's All Right. <laughs> I gotta say, there's been a lot of evolution from yeah. album number one all the way to wherever we're at with um, this part of Elton's mm. career. Mm. So, so we gotta bear in mind that this is like mid '60s. So, um, so this was Elton's first band. They formed in 1962. Um, at the time, he was literally he was working at a music publishing pu- uh, company, just running errands. So it was basically just a runner there, um, sort of in in modern day terms, interning. Um, and he was he stayed in that band until about 1967, um, and then obviously this is where we get to Elton John, uh, where you know obviously the Elton that we know. Yeah, yeah. So so obviously his name wasn't originally Elton John, right? Um, so it was uh, he was born Reginald Kenneth Dwight, Come on. which is obviously a lot less of a, a stage name than Elton John. I mean, a lot less than <laughs> Elton Hercules John. Yeah, Elton agree, Hercules yeah. John. And um, I think I think most importantly, um, in 1967 he had the event that shaped his career, shaped who he was um, by meeting his um, lifelong songwriting partner, Mr. Bernie Taupin, um, which obviously if anyone's seen Rocket Man will understand the significance of that relationship. And they had such a, it's almost like a, a, a Lennon McCartney type situation where they really fueled each other to create the best type of work. And um, yeah, really, really complimented each other with what they wanted to achieve. Um, I think Elton John being a stage name, I think is a really interesting transition where um, I think obviously because of Bluesology and the success that he's had with that, I think it's really interesting that he took a stage name for this project almost as if like he wanted to completely sort of shed himself of that previous association with Bluesology and just create this newborn identity out of out of uh, songwriting duo. So, you know, it's like the music of Elton John. It's not just him as a person, you know. When they go to see Elton John live, they're not going to see Reginald. Reginald. Dwight. They're going to see Elton <laughs> yeah. John, totally. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, interestingly... Um, he took uh, inspiration from two people uh, from Bluesology. Uh, the saxophonist was Elton Dean, and there was a vocalist uh, who they toured with called Long John Baldry. Very and he took cool. those two words, uh, cool. those two names, and created Elton John. The first thing. So yeah, he um, in 1969, I think it was. Let me just double check that. It was 1969 where he released his first album. Uh, that was Empty Sky, uh, and he also released Tumbleweed uh, Connection in 1960. It was a massive year for him. Um, but we're going to jump into his second fully released yeah. album. Uh, this is his self-titled album, Elton John. Once again, you know, focusing on that thing of, um, you know, Elton John being a stage name, being a project name. Um, we're going to start with probably one of his most famous songs of all time. It's the first track of the album. This is your song. Come on. It's a little bit funny This feeling inside I'm not one of those who can Easily hide I don't have much money But boy if I did I'd buy a big house Where we both could live I was a sculptor But then again, no Or a man Who makes potions in a Traveling show I know it's not much But it's the best I can do 
my gift is my song and this one's for you and you can tell everybody this is your song it may be quite simple but now that it's done I hope you don't mind I hope you don't mind that I put down the You're in the world I sat on the roof And kicked off the moss Well, a few other verses Well, they've got me quite cross But the sun's been quite kind While I wrote this song It's for people like you that Keep it turned on So excuse me for getting But these things I do You see I've forgotten If they're green they're blue Anyway, the thing is What I really mean Yours are the sweetest eyes I've ever seen And you can tell everybody This is the song It may be quiet I hope you don't mind, I hope you don't mind That I put down in the world How wonderful life is While you're in the world I hope you don't mind, I hope you don't mind That I put down in the world Absolute stunner there. Your song, Elton John, dare I say, written by Bernie Taupin. We've got to give credit where credit's yeah, due. Yeah, 100%, 100%. But, you know, it just goes to showcase, like, how beautiful their songwriting is. And, you know, it was there from the beginning. And, and that relationship was obviously something that, um, you know, it, it blossomed as, as their career went on. And, and, you know, it just meant that they had complete freedom to be able to write these absolutely incredible songs. Um, in sort of a time that I would say is probably sort of one of the most fundamentally, um, it, it, was, it was it was such an important time for songwriting. Uh, as we've covered before with like 1971, you had so many incredible songwriters at that time. And it's really interesting how Elton went between like the, the songwriting movement that was in uh, America at the time, um, as we've talked before, between people such as Carole King, people like Janis Joplin, um, the likes of Joni Mitchell, uh, Nick Cave. You've got so, so, so many songwriters out there. And um, 
yeah, going from that through to his sort of like rock and roll era as well. And all of that stems from his band Bluesology, which was tribute to to sort of like the, the, the blues revival that was happening in the UK at the time during the 60s. So, you know, huge, huge influences from, from all scales of, of music genres and that. And, you know, I just, I, I think it's amazing that, you know, they were able to create the songs they did. Now you mentioned we're about to go into one of his sort of like um, live albums yes. too. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I know next up we've got Take Me to the Pilot, but I thought mm. I'd play a real quick game of you. Okay. All right. So okay. you've mentioned Elton's name. Yes. Okay. Is a is what an amalgamation of two people that you looked mm-hmm, up to. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want you to do for me, James Collins. Okay. I want you to tell me your two music icons. Okay. And then that way we're going to blend together a name of what James Collins's performance name would be. Oh my word! Oh my word! Um, who would it be? I feel like I already know one artist. I already know has one. Got of them. to be in there. But I don't know the other one. I don't know who else I would put in as the other one. But why do we tell the people who is number one artist? Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean. Of course. Frank Ocean. So now you can either take Frank or you can Mm. take Ocean. Um, Interesting, actually. You you know, Frank Ocean, uh, the way he got his um, his name was because of Frank Sinatra when he was in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. So he became Frank Ocean. Um, I can't think of another one. Oh, that's frustrating. Um, Maybe Dijon. Maybe Dijon. Who's that? Um, it's a cool guy. It's a cool guy. Cool okay. artist. Okay. Great artist. Yeah. Frank Dijon. Frank Dijon. Frank from Dijon. Frank from Holy Dijon. Holy quite smokes. Cool. Okay. Quite cool. Mine's a bit of an interesting one, James mm. Collins, because as you're aware, one of my favourite singers is, of course, Olivia Dean. Of course. Who shares course. the same surname as me. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess uh, my other favourite would be Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I guess my stage performance name would Boom. be... Harry Dino. Harry Dino. Or Olivia Styles. Whichever yep. one. <laughs> no, we, don't, we don't discriminate. Um, we do not discriminate indeed. James, that was Fantastic. really fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Or should I say Frank, what was it? All right, Frank, Frank from Dijon. Frank from Dijon. <laughs> Absolutely. James Collins, what song have we got up next? Okay, so uh, this was a, a really pinnacle time for Elton. Uh, so we're currently in 1970. As I said, he just released his self-titled album with your song on it. Um, it uh, your song was able to... to basically bring Elton to America um, at which point obviously if anyone's seen the film he had his amazing performance at the Troubadour which basically created his career within America and it really kind of launched Elton into that songwriter scene as we met as I mentioned before um, but most importantly from the uh, from the Troubadour show um, Elton got a review done um, and it basically sort of put him within sort of like the rock scene and solidified him there uh, which is amazing and you know it was it was such a massive moment in his career and it was basically built off of the reputation of other people and it's incredible so after the performance at the troubadour obviously america absolutely adored him and on the 17th of november 1970 elton did a live performance on the radio a broadcast on the radio and they weren't going to release it as a record um, until they realized that so many people had actually were selling bootlegs of the recording from the broadcast um, and distributing them. So they ended up putting the live album together, which is 171170. And this is Take Me to the Pilot from there. If you feel that it's real, I'm on track. Oh, oh, oh. 
applause needed indeed, James Collins. Man, listen to the energy in that track, though. Take me to the pilot. UK so release. So good, right? It's so good. And, and that's the thing. So for, for me, I think, I think that album, when I was listening to it, most importantly, was the one that kind of contextualized the type of energy that Elton was providing at his Troubadour show, if you know what I mean, where obviously no one's going to be there. No one had, uh, you know, cameras at the time. No one can record that. And obviously they did such a good, uh, version of it in the troubadour and there's that incredible moment where elton's playing and he floats he starts to begin to levitate and flow up and uh he described it on a uh episode podcast episode that i was listening to where uh brandy carlisle was interviewing him and he said like what we wanted to, to achieve by that was basically just create some sort of like visual metaphor for how he felt uh you know in that moment which was that everything was just all coming together you know everything you know i think for him getting praise from from you know uh people like robert hilburn um he was introduced by neil dime neil diamond Neil Young, I think it was Neil Young. One of the Neils. 100% Um, one of the Neils. um, And he said like, it was such an honor to have all these people come up and celebrate him and his art in such an early point in his career. And that was such a fundamental part of of him, you know, finding confidence in himself as a songwriter and as an artist. And obviously you got to bear in mind, um, obviously looking at the film, you know, uh, the Troubadour, for example, he was wearing hot pants, a sparkly t-shirt and uh, winged boots. So, you know, he didn't do things in half measures and there has to be a certain level of confidence in order to be able to pull that off right especially for your first gig in the US and obviously LA at the time as I've said before was was such an inseparable hub for for songwriters um, with places like Laurel Canyon that were just incubating all of these creative and amazing collaborations between some of the, the world's best songwriters within within western music so you know, it was massive. And obviously the release of um, 17.11.70, which was obviously the 17th of November 1970, um, it actually it got to number 11 in the US and number 20 in the UK. So that, you know, that even itself as a gauge of sort of where Elton's going. I think the US... And it was almost an accidental album. Yeah, I mean, 100%. It was meant to be an yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, legit, <laughs> legit, legit. And it's, you know, it all rides off the success. Of, and I think this is a it's more representative of like the, the way the old industry worked, which is that it's a representation that people heard about this incredible performance. They tuned into the broadcast and they went, this is amazing. I need to hit, listen to this again. Hence the, the, the surplus of bootlegs and that, but, um, but no, it's amazing. And then off the back of that, he released Madman across the water. And this was one of the first Elton albums that I actually listened to before. Um, it was this one. This was the first one I listened to. And then uh, my favorite, which is coming up, uh, it's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. But uh, yeah, this one has some incredible songs. And uh, we're going to jump into... Um, I was going to say, can I be the one to say it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Not to say the song name, but the fact that it's 50 years since Madman Across the Water came of out. Course. Happy birthday of course. Yeah, to yeah, this yeah. album. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and you know, once again, um, you've got to bear in mind the context where this album has been released. Obviously, it doesn't necessarily sound so incredible now. Not that uh, it doesn't sound incredible. It's that it's obviously of its time. So you've got to remember Absolutely. that the, the, the albums that were being released in and around this, everything was that ballady. Everything was very much like piano or guitar and a vocalist. And it was pure storytelling through the lyrics. And obviously Elton and, and, and Bernie had such a lovely blend of, of, of those two characteristics. So um, we're going to jump into Leave On, uh, which is my probably one of my favourite tracks from the album. And uh, yeah, this is from Mad Man Across the Water from 1971. Thank you. 
What a journey that song takes you on. James such Collins, Tiny Dancer, Elton John here on River Radio. Go ahead. Such a beautiful song. Such a, such a beautiful song. And like, as we were saying though, like these songs are so long in comparison to what we're used to today with like three and a half minute pop songs. I think most importantly, this is, um, this is Elton John, um, well, Elton and Bernie at least, exercising their songwriting talents, being able to really showcase who they were as songwriters and, and as storytellers. And I think that's incredible. I mean, already though, you can see such a journey in the sound in that like the first album and his live performances were very like rock and roll, um, very high energy, very performance based. And then he's on the side, he's creating ballads and, and songs that are as beautiful as this. It, it's, it's a real sort of strange combination of things because I think his popularity came from his high energy performance, but realistically his record sales were were from these incredible ballads and these incredible albums that were just full of these these mini songs these mini worlds that he was creating with each, with each one it's, it's it's yeah such a beautiful album um i absolutely adore both of those tracks so much but we're going to get to a very very exciting album next and a very exciting period in his in his career i just found out now mm-hmm Tiny Dancer, I mean, I guess this was way before we were born, James Collins. Yes, yes. People misheard the lyrics. Right. So you know how last week we covered Taylor Swift and we did All My Starbucks Lovers? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm, actually, mm -hmm. Katie then goes ahead and goes, actually, no, that's not the lyrics. It's actually this. Likewise, with Tiny Dancer, a lot of people listened to it and thought that actually Elton was singing about an actor called Tony Danza. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hopefully close <laughs> to Tony out, Danza. Turns out, I mean, he was an actor from the movie Taxi. But turns out, after the song was released, his career took off. So wow, amazing. an accidental, <laughs> beautiful situation. Yeah, 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 100%. But talk to me, whereabouts are we right now in terms of Elton's career? Okay, so this is 1972. Tiny Dance was released as a single. It reached number 70 in the UK and number 41 in the US. So still, like, pretty good numbers. But, um, I mean, it's top 100. That's the main thing. Um, so coming up next, we have Elton's... Uh, it was a single released before his next album um the next album is honky chateau um and that was his first number one album um so it reached number one in the us and number two in the uk and the single that was released just before um just before the release of the album really small one in it no one knows about it none other it's than like rocket man itself uh and just you know to pay homage to how much of an important track this is obviously they, they named the biopic after him so after after the track anyway so yeah massive track this is from honky chateau released in 1972 And I'm gonna be high As a kite by then I miss the earth so much I miss my wife It's lonely out in space On such a time flight And I think it's gonna be a long, long time The touchdown brings me round again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home Oh, no, no, no I'm a rocket man Rocket man 
find a place to raise your kids In fact, it's cold as hell And there's no one there to raise them If you did It's just my job five days a week A rocket man A rocket man And I think it's gonna be a long, long time To touch down James Collins, you're probably aware of this, mm. but I am a huge cinematic nerd. Yes. Cinema fan. Yes. And in the movie, Rocket Man, mm-hmm. when this song plays, it's arguably one of my favorite cinematic scenes. It's beautiful. It's when he kind of falls into the pool yes. and then he kind of meets himself mm-hmm. dressed as like a <laughs> an underwater immersive costume <laughs> kid. Mm-hmm. Um, He's obviously passed out high on sort of like whatever. Life. Very high on life. Very <laughs> very much drunk on life too. Yeah. Passes out and just collapses into this pool and then has this moment where he meets himself, his five-year-old self. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this song plays and it's beautiful. Mm. Um, and I think that's the one thing that Rocketman did that perhaps Bohemian Rhapsody didn't was Bohemian Rhapsody it almost felt like it was more of a, um, a historical dear diary. Yeah. This is... Yeah. Um, freddie's private life whereas it felt like rocket man was we're going into elton's brain mm, does that make mm, sense 100 mm, mm, we're getting a glimpse into how he thinks and mm. who he is and how he's experienced life in that sense it was beautiful but talk to me why did you pick rocket man i mean I, I like for me obviously this is one of his biggest tracks of all time and like i i think whenever i think this is probably one of the first 
without me realizing this is probably one of the first exposures that I had to Elton's music. Um, in that the, the, the song's been so successful on so many adverts. Um, it's such an amazing uh, encapsulation of, of so many different, of, of that feeling of freedom of, of aiming, well, you know, it sounds cliche, but aiming for the stars type thing, which obviously was on backlash to, uh, to the first moon landing in 1969. And after that, so many artists had actually focused on, on, putting space into their music, whether you had um, obviously David Bowie with Starman, you had so many different artists who were just, who's, well, I, I think, I think the, the whole world's mind was blown when they actually were able to put someone on the moon. And, you know, this is Elton's take on, on that, that shared amazement that so many artists touched on. So yeah, such Effectively, a big track. Mm. It was, I mean, if, if we're, if we're for argument's sake, effectively that was a meme. If you think about it, like what is memes these yeah. days? Is it's taking a current situation and it's playing on it, right? And mm-hmm. it's so interesting to hear that. Obviously, man lands on the moon, and mm-hmm. then all of these artists go right now. Let's do something that fits within that. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That is a nod towards that. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know these days memes they have the fastest pace where someone mm, will find 100%. a video of someone talking about berries and cream mm-hmm, <laughs> from mm-hmm. years and years ago. Yeah. And they'll turn that into a trend. Yeah, and I yeah, guess, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is it's very cool to see something that was trending in 69, then go into seventies. Um, but of course, as Elton's developed, his sound mm. has changed. Mm. And so in what way had it sounds changed up until this point i mean obviously like you can hear it's a lot more orchestral and i think i think for me um most importantly this is kind of all it does is uh, kind of add more more uh it gives more juxtaposition between parts of the song which is able to then basically accentuate the lyrics so whatever he's writing or whatever him and bernie are writing is only going to be expanded by the orchestral arrangements by by just bigger bigger soundscapes really and i think you know what makes rocket man so special are those bbs and those strings they just make such such a it's such a pleasant listen because of how well orchestrated and put together that track is and you know i think all it took was you know we we could we could hear from the very beginning as as we literally just explored elton and bernie's songwriting was incredible from the start there wasn't a point where you know where you know, Elton got good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that was the whole point, I think, of being Elton John and becoming that stage name, becoming that character, is that there was a standard that he wanted to release music at and wanted to perform at. And, you know, he, he became the embodiment of that. And um, I would say, yeah, if anything, all that expansion of sound has done is just just built on on what was already there. You know, it's not that those early songs didn't need orchestration or anything you know, these songs didn't need orchestration, but all it does is just, it, it, it makes that sound so much larger and it, it becomes a lot larger than just someone sitting at a piano um, singing about their woes, if you know what I mean, which is stunning. But if you can build more on top of that, then amazing. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like this is a, a, a rocket man for me. was a big turning point in, in his sound, I would say. But then we get to Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player, mm. which of course is a nod to the fact that his first sort of movements into the music career, he was playing piano. Yeah, 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 yeah. For a band. yeah, 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 100%. And, and this was actually Elton's first number one album in both the UK and the US. Huge. Um, Huge. So amazing. Wow. And obviously, you know, off of the back of, of the success of 
all of his previous albums. But you also got to bear in mind that he's he's released, including that live album. This is his one, two, three, four, five, sixth album. This is his seventh album in the four years that they'd crazy that they'd been working whilst with each other. also touring. Yeah, whilst also touring, and this um, literally just before the release of this album. So at the beginning of 1972, uh, this is when Elton started his first tour of the, of the US. So, you know, it's, it's, it's huge, absolutely huge. And, you know, it was such a fast move, fast paced career. And obviously they explored that in the film in that it was such a stark difference to when Elton was just singing in pubs in Northwood and Pinner, right, going to you know, uh, the troubadour and performing in, some, in front of some of the greats and them saying, this is amazing. You know, I, 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 I massively endorse this artist. So, you know, a huge, huge juxtaposition. And obviously what comes with that, uh, un unfortunately, the, the pressures of tour, um, the pressures of um, kind of collapsing to your ego. Um, and that was, you know, as we were saying, beforehand there was a lot of drugs a lot of alcohol as were sort of every every other artist in the 1970s but uh what came with that was was more explosive music and um and yeah bigger shows really i would say so you know there's there's definitely the pros and fours in in regards to elton's career but i think you know based off the back of that um he's been he was still able to create some incredible music with bernie um and yeah, we're going to play, I think, probably one of my favourite songs, uh, one, one of my favourite ballads from, from Elton Anyway Next. And um, this is from, uh, obviously, that album that you mentioned before, Don't Shoot Don't Me, Don't Shoot I'm Me, only. I'm Only the Piano Player. Yep, yep. Massive album. And this is the title, uh, the first track of the album. This is Daniel.
absolute anthem, Crocodile Rock, Elton John, here on River Radio. You're listening to Off The Record with Jordan Dean. I'm James Collins. And we are going to be mm-hmm. going through, for the next hour or so, going through the um, the remainder of the legacy of Sir Elton John. But yes. i got to say, let me give you a bit of perspective, James mm. Collins. Mm. Think of it this way. We're Gen Z, right? Yep. Okay. Just, just below millennials. Gen yes. X are our parents. Mm-hmm. And that would have been the disco song mm. for gen x mm. do you know what i mean 100 i i think i think most importantly with crocodile rock um obviously it came at a bit of a strange time to be releasing music like that where i think it's a little bit um you know pays respect to that kind of earlier b-pop type sound um of sort of like the 50s 60s but i think it just kind of goes to show that uh kind of more of an on the extremity of it but basically that um, Bernie and Elton just had a bit of fun with their music sometimes, and sometimes they just wanted to explore different types of different types of sounds. And that brings us on to the next album, which, as I said before, is my favorite Elton album. Uh, we're going with Ye- Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, um, and obviously that album cover. I just want to focus on that album cover. There's this mural of Elton uh, stepping into a a mural on the wall, um, which is obviously of Yellow Brick Road you know, with reference to uh, Wizard of Oz. Um, wow. And it's kind of like Elton entering this world or, or the extraordinary or whatever. And he's, he's wearing these uh, heeled boots. It's amazing. It's so cool. And I think, you know, it just goes to show like Elton at the time was very much creating worlds with his albums. And I think, I think his main thing was, it was an opportunity for him and Bernie to just explore so many different, you know, so, so many different avenues in their songwriting. And yeah, this leads us on to the next track we're going to play, which is something, it's, it's a track that's so theatrical. It's been sampled so many times by so many hip hop artists recently. And it's, you know, so many people have taken inspiration from it as well because it sounds different, because it sounds tongue in cheek, because it sounds fresh and it still sounds amazing. There's this incredible vocal, um, like this, this vocal effect on on Elton's vocal, which is so cool, and um, yeah, it just it just gives such a unique identity. So um, so yeah, this is probably one of my favorite Elton track, uh, Elton John tracks of all time. This is uh, this is Benny and the Jets. Yeah. 
tell me yes <laughs> who is benny uh no i didn't <laughs> i'm listening think, to off the record <laughs> so so i think i think the concept of the song is it's uh basically benny and the jets is this uh almost this alter ego band um and it's yeah it's just a song about sort of these rock stars that were just owning the stages and stuff and i think it's this thing of like um elton making it sort of like an embodiment of him but not him kind of yeah it's amazing but uh obviously hearing at the beginning there's all the crowd cheering 
quite similar to like the Sergeant Peppers type soundscapes where yep. they were able to create almost like imaginary bands that were similar to themselves. Um, but yeah, obviously, yeah, Goodbye to Yellow Brick Road. It was a massive album, huge, huge, huge tracks on there and such incredible songwriting as well. Um, Probably yeah. worth just giving a couple of them a shout out. Yeah, so obviously you've got Candle in the Wind. Candle in the Wind. Uh, you've got Goodbye, Goodbye Yellow, Yellow Brick, Road. Brick Road. Yep, the title huge track. Huge song. Um, you've also got Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Uh, massive, massive track. Uh, Social Disease is also beautiful, um, as is Sweet, pa uh, Sweet Painted Lady. So um, yeah, no, massive, massive album. And it's definitely, if I ever go to listen to Elton John, this is the album that I go to listen to. So it's massive in my mind as well as... In, within his career yeah but huge. we do move on but we do move on i'm afraid and this next album we are like, whizzing through these by the way i know well man there's just so much music to get through it's crazy it's crazy the thing you know we're only in uh, 1974 hilariously in 1974 there was a greatest hits album released um because they released so much music within five years that they were able to compile a greatest hits record which is amazing but obviously as we've said like each album has had like a number one record um for basically the last three four albums that we've gone through so it's it's crazy you know elton john it was was just owning the radios at the time and it was literally like there was, there was an album coming out sort of every i would say sort of like every nine months um six to nine months so it was crazy like each year there was just like two one or two albums that just basically changed um sort of how it, well, well I, mean, I mean it occupied a space within the competition of songwriting and i think elton john was such a uh steady competitor throughout his whole career and that's why he's still relevant today is that even the music that he's creating today um obviously he's just released that album uh the lockdown sessions which has been a collaboration with loads of new artists and um yeah, for me, I think I think he's always been someone that's been able to compete on the on the airwaves because his music's so unique and his songwriting and his storytelling is so special. So um, so it's amazing. But yeah, we're gonna move on to Caribou next. Uh, this was this album was released in 1974. Uh, massive, massive album. But this I would say is probably one of Elton's biggest songs of all time, uh, particularly because of his uh, collaboration later on in his career with George Michael. Um, but this track, I think it's so, so, so special. Um, so we're going to jump straight in. This is Don't Let the Sun Go Down On Me. Changed you in your life 
Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me by Elton John from the the amazing, amazing record at Caribou. Once again, huge, huge, huge record and such an incredible song. Such an incredible song. And, and as I was saying before, it's not necessarily that the songs don't serve by themselves, but once you add that orchestration, once you grab that, that horn section, you put that on there as well, it just... There's so much weight in the music, and I think it comes down to just songcraft in general. It's just it's, it's just incredible to to hear such you know it's dramatic. You know it's 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 such a big song. It makes you feel so um, in awe, really, of the sound. And um, I think that's the one thing for Elton that that is because of tracks like that. Um, you know, they, they became significant tracks in people's lives because it made them feel. Uh, what well, I, I suppose it made them feel confident in themselves, and I think that was why he was such an, an obvious choice for then composing films. I mean, obviously at this time, at this point in time, he had also uh, released a couple uh, soundtracks to films, um, but nothing sort of major, I would say, um, and nothing really uh, was was as big as The Lion King, obviously. And we're going to get to that later on once we get to the nineties. However, he's still on a, a crazy stream, going through and releasing so 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 much music. It's it's, it's mad. Mate, we're still only year five Man, of Elton's career. Literally, literally. And we've, we've already taken up quite a lot of time. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Most importantly here, though, um, in 1974, Elton John uh, formed his own label. So this was the Rocket Record Company, um, and it was distributed by MCA Records um, in the US and by Island Records in the UK. So, you know, massive. Obviously, he's in a position where he can, he can really represent and pioneer artists, which is something that... Um, he's become quite prevalent for, and we're going to get onto that in terms of sort of hit later on in his career. However, uh, we're going to play the next track from the next album. Once again, another <laughs> massive, massive, I keep doing this every week, don't know where I go. Probably one of my favourite Elton John songs. Was, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, they're all, they're all my favourites. Does this that is, cancel out the last favourite song? I've got to ask you though, I want you to huge. guess, yes. I want you to guess okay. how many streams this song has gotten. Oh, I dread to think. Thing. I, I I would is this on Spotify? We're on Spotify. Yeah. Okay, Spotify. I'm gonna go with 200 million, which is a lot. There's a lot. Right? It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm just thinking playlists. I'm thinking. Yeah. It's on every birthday party playlist. Let's put dude, it that way, dude. 427 million. Oh my word! That's crazy. That's crazy. Should we should we tell the people what's coming up next? <laughs> Fantastic. What's coming it's up a next? Little, you know, it's a little song. It's a, it's you a might have heard of it. Yeah, yeah With yeah. Uh, obviously Sarah Elton John, but featuring Kiki D. So that was it. So um, she was signed to Rocket Records. Um, okay. So this was right. this was a, obviously a collaboration between the two of them. He obviously only signed her because he really respected her as a songwriter and as a performer. But this obviously was such a smash hit for both of them. I think it, it, it created a platform for, for both of their careers. Um, in a different light, once again, this was this was obviously a lot more sort of mainstream pop as opposed to sort of the ballady uh, Elton that we've seen on, on, on a lot of his previous albums. So, um, so yeah. And anyone looking for hit. sort of like a Halloween costume for this weekend? Mm. Just go as Elton and Kiki. Do I think it. that'd be quite it's iconic. So, it's so worthwhile. I think that'd be quite yeah, iconic. 100%. But James Collins, what is the name of the song that we're going to be playing next? Yep, this is Don't Go Breaking My Heart.
Philadelphia Freedom, Elton John. James Collins, talk to me. Yes, hello. Uh, massive track. Hi. Obviously, obviously, absolutely massive track. Now, obviously, with this this crazy career progression, as we've been talking, it's um, it's it it obviously comes with with its cons, um, as opposed to its pro, uh, as alongside its pros. Sorry, should I say? And um, unfortunately, in 1975, uh, it was the first time. Uh, I say it's the first time. Uh, Elton actually overdosed on cocaine and. Wow. Uh, as a result of that, he developed bulimia uh, due to the pressure of his work. So because he was obviously playing so many shows, releasing so much music, they were just go, go, go. Absolutely. Burnt out. Yeah. And, and obviously what comes with working hard is obviously a lot of playing hard. And, and you know, the results that come from that is, is yeah, he actually overdosed and, yeah, developed bulimia. So it was a bit intense, a bit much for him. And... Captain Fantastic was the second to last album that he released um, before he announced that he, wa he was going to stop touring. So um, Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. Once again, it's another incredible world that Elton and Bernie were able to craft um, through, their, through their songwriting. And we're going to play a track, the next track, which uh, it was a number one in the UK just before he announced that he was going to finish, uh, before he was going to finish touring uh, and take a break. And this was a big shift uh, because this kind of feels like the end of kind of like the early career of Elton John. It's almost like he he's had so many sections or, or, or different careers for so many different reasons that are completely balanced um, in so many different ways that this album felt to me like it was kind of like that that change for him. So um, so the next track we're going to play is Sorry Seems to Be the Hardest Work, which I'm sure will be some people's favourite Elton tracks. Of all time. Of all time.
Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Now we're going to have to fast forward quite a bit. Yes. Because like I said, 30 albums, if we do the math, (laughs) or I've done the math, and what I've calculated, is that there's not enough time to cover everything (laughs) in these two hours. Um, Fantastic. Talk to me. We've just had a very soft ballad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry yeah. seems to be the hardest word. And, and and I think, like, it just goes to show, like, Elton's songwriting, is, his whole discography is so eclectic across so many different genres and so many different energies, man. Like, obviously, you know, as a performer, it's all about high energy. It's all about the performance. It's all about the big costumes and the music and the energy of the music has to match that, right? People are paying to yeah. come and see you. And so there's an element of um, accountability there. Mm. You've got to be accountable. Mm. You've got to be, you know, you've got to give the people what they're paying for. Yeah, 100%. Which in 100%. some sense, I don't know if I agree with that because at the end of the day, you're still human. Yeah, you're of course. You're expected to be some sort of robot where you're meant to be 10 out of 10 on that night. Mm. And I think I think because of that, that was probably what led to, to him overdosing and, and the pres- the pressures of everything from touring live to, to the pressures to release music so often probably led to, to sort of, yeah, more more destructive habits, really. Um, now, which, yeah, we're going to skip ahead a couple of years. Um, the main reason way, being... Yeah, because we're I, skipping ahead to a season of his life where we're starting to see the redemption. Yeah, well, it, it's really interesting. Um, at this point, uh, Bernie had started collaborating with other people and I think Elton John really didn't appreciate that. And um, yeah, he was releasing an album a year at that point. So um, there's still, you know, great albums, great notable albums. But we're going to skip ahead to 1983. To um, This is the first album that him and Bernie actually wrote together since, um, since 1976. Um, and we're going to play a track that for me, I think, is, it's been used in so many examples so for so many different things. Um, but I think it also goes to show sort of how Elton John is in, in regards to, to this stage in his career, uh, which is basically that he's resilient. He's not backing down. He's not some has-been. He's still continuing to do what he's doing. And now that he's welcome back with Bernie, um, there's so much room for, for, for them to explore different forms of songs and, and, and incredible songwriting so um huge anthem massive absolutely massive john is that elton john i'm still standing i'm 
Obviously, a massive, massive track once again, and and you know this we, we're this is Elton in 1983. So um, obviously he's ma- like so in into his career now. Um, you know he knows his whole setup. He's got his his band. He's back with Bernie, and you know everything's kind of up from here. Um, but unfortunately, uh, that had to change again in 1986, where Elton had um, he he found some lumps on his vocal cords. Wow. Uh, they turned out not to be cancerous, so he was extremely lucky with it. And he had vocal surgery uh, whilst on his Australia tour, and it completely changed his voice. Completely changed his voice. It's, um, it's the same surgery that uh, people such as Judy Andrews has had, where she completely lost her voice and she, she hasn't sung since. So, um, you know, he was, he was extremely lucky to still have a voice after that. But I think that, you know, it goes to show, you know, how... I think even the, the, the most important thing for Elton was his songwriting abilities and his abilities to form, so uh, to perform, sorry. So even after this surgery, he was still able to release incredible music and, and that's what we're going to jump straight into now. But um, but yeah, it's, it's obviously a massive thing because if you completely change your voice, I mean, he basically, he lost his whole upper range. So he couldn't sing with that kind of like higher 
tone and that falsetto that he was before and that was his signature sound so it, it, it must have been a massive massive period in his life where he he was obviously really grateful to still have a voice but also on the other hand um you know everything that he'd worked for up until now he you know was he going to be able to perform the tracks in the same way was he going to be able to do them justice are people going to enjoy the live performances i'm sure this was all going around in his head so so it's massive but um then we come to sort of i i suppose probably the thing that he's probably most known for especially for our generation and this was the incredible soundtrack for the 1994 film the, the lion king and uh we're going to jump into probably one of the biggest tracks from from that film with can you feel the love tonight It is where we 
It's enough to make kings and vagabonds believe the very best. What a phenomenal man. What an incredible What an incredible a, track. With a gorgeous story. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That does unfortunately bring us to the end of the show, James Collins. It does indeed. It does indeed. I mean, I mean, we're dealing with a guy who's in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's on the the um Hollywood Walk. He's got a star on Hollywood Walk. He's um been awarded uh the 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 Brit for um uh oh my god, what's I've completely lost it. The the Brit for the career Brit Award thing. <laughs> The eyes you know get that at one. the peak of their you career. Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> the honorary award for uh, the Brit Award. I trust you. And uh, I mean, man, he's been knighted by the Queen, which is incredible. And and obviously, this this kind of gets to the point where we're at with Elton's career, where I think he realizes how much of a figurehead he is. Obviously, he came out as bisexual quite early on in his career in 1976, um, which was such a big moment because it was such a taboo topic at the time. Um, and then, obviously, as as he progressed, um, sort of realized that it was more that he was he was gay and he was bisexual. He came out as bisexual as sort of a way to like almost soften the blow because it was such a taboo thing. Um, and he's been such a, a, a massive person uh, and advocate for supporting HIV and AIDS. And you know he's done so 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 much work and contributed so much to so many different uh, causes. And you know rightly so. And and that brings us up to sort of where Elton is now, where obviously he's doing his farewell tour next year, yep. which would be absolutely incredible. Uh, but most importantly, Elton has uh, a radio show called Rocket uh, Rocket Hour on Beats One, and he takes artists from all stages of their career and plays all of his favorite music that he's been listening to. And I think that in itself just goes to show the kind of Godfather type. Uh, kind of place that he's at but um, we're going to finish up with his biggest probably his biggest moment as we said before he's he's the biggest selling artist because of this one track and we didn't we didn't play it when we played the album are you talking about Cold Heart with Dua Lipa I am not I am not <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm wondering, I mean, what are you talking about, James Collins? So we're going to be talking about, um, of course, there was an, I, the iconic moment where Elton performed this song at uh, Diana Princess of Wales's funeral. Obviously, he was a close friend to the family, has been a close friend to, to Harry and William throughout their lives. And um, yeah, this is the 1997 version of Candle in the Wind. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening in. What thank a discography. Thank you so much for listening. And um, yeah, we'll see you I next think, week. I think this has been a beautiful show, James Collins. 100%, 100%. And there's so many more of these to come. You know, when he does his farewell tour next year, we've got to cover it again. 100%. Just to give people a bit of a recap. Definitely. But um, we hope you've enjoyed this show. Two hours of Elton John. I've been Jordan Dean. I've been James Collins. You've been listening to Off The Record. And we're going to leave you with the 1997 classic by Elton John, Candle in the Wind. And you whispered to those in pain, now you belong to heaven. And the stars spell out your name And it seems to me You lived your life like a candle in the wind Never fading with the sunset When the rain set in And your footsteps will always fall here Along England's greenest hills your candles burned out long before Your legend ever will
child And even though we try The truth brings us to tears All our words cannot express The joy you brought us through the years And it seems to me You lived your life like a candle Sunset when rain set in, and your footsteps will always fall here along England's greenest hills. Your candles burned out long before your legend ever will. the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some...